Hello, friends, and welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Daniel Quinn and Courtney Staples. On today's episode, we have a lovely wintry wonderland of a mash for you. But before we get into that, I always want to remind you that if you want us to build your world, you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com, where you can click the link, follow some instructions, and within a reasonable amount of time, we'll be building your world. If you want to follow us on social media, we're over on YouTube, where you might, in fact, be listening to this podcast right now. Uh, if you don't want to click subscribe and do all that stuff, you can also follow us on Twitter. We're at Let's World Build. Or if you want to come and talk to us more directly, we're on Discord with a link for that in the description where you can come talk to us about your favorite winter traditions, winter monsters and folklore that we may have missed, all of that good stuff. And of course, if you're feeling particularly generous or just want access to the sweet, sweet patron only goodies that we offer, you can go and join our Patreon. Or if you just want to say, hey, Thanks for all the podcasting you've done for me over the years, right? You can do that too. And with all of that out of the way, let's jump right into the episode. So on this time, we have ourselves a monster mash, but this time we've created a list of specific winter and holiday themed monsters. So let's go ahead and roll some dice and figure out where we're going to start. And the monster we're going to be focusing on for this particular jam is going to be the animated object, the very humble animated toy, animated, well, I'm jumping ahead perhaps, but the animated object is where we're going to start. So let's go ahead and dive right into the genre that we're going to be putting these animated objects into, which is going to be golden age superheroes which frankly hmm. works pretty damn well yeah, considering does. the theme that we're working with here well, although the holiday theme that is because our regular theme is going to be survival and the focus for this particular scenario is also going to be who rolled a one a weapon so We've got animated objects in a golden age superhero world with a theme of survival and the focus is on a weapon. So, Courtney, why don't you start us off? What are we thinking with golden age superheroes around animated objects? What do you got for us? Yeah, right away thinking, of course, of um, superhero action figures coming to life on Christmas morning or something. Mm -hmm. Um mm -hmm. As far as survival and a weapon go, kind of thinking to Sid from Toy Story, the kid who like tortures his toys and melts of them course. together and stuff. And yeah, it could be like a, I mean, I guess this isn't really making the, the toys the monster in this case, but could be a kid whose like goal is to melt down his figurines. Um, or I guess if we wanted to make the toys be the monsters, could be sort of the flip side of your traditional toys revolting against their owners and trying to escape and murder their, whoever they were gifted to or whatever. Mm. So we've got a small soldiers type situation where the toys come to life and mm -hmm. start attacking humans. Yep. Classic, absolute mm -hmm. classic. And the survival aspect then would be uh, from a human perspective, right? Like you have to survive. 
Mm-hmm. But if we're coming at this from the the angle that is the golden age superhero, where do they fit in to this particular situation? We also have the weapon. Yeah, and the yeah. weapon as well, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I always think about villains too with superheroes. Of course. Um, and mm-hmm. so if there's like the child himself is a is a villain, maybe the villain superhero is using the child kind of like a force of nature. Uh, like it's influencing the kid in some way mm-hmm. and the kid is the weapon that way like yeah the kid could be the weapon and that yeah. way the um the superheroes have a villain among them you know mm-hmm. all right so what i'm hearing is we have a child who is capable of animating toys and there is a super villain who is manipulating this particular toy maker or do we want to invert that where the child is the villain the one who's like the mastermind and he's the one forcing this toy maker to animate toys for his amusement in some way. I mean, I think that the um, child is kind of not intentional in the process. Oh, sure. And whatever the animation process is, I don't know if it comes from the child or not. But I think that now that the toys are animated, the villain has some plan perhaps to get rid of his pesky superheroes once and for all. Mm-hmm. And the child mm-hmm. is the key to doing that, is the weapon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like whispering in his ear as he sleeps, or like yeah. like it doesn't even need to be that the kid is like directly interacting with this villain mm-hmm. figurine, but it's mm-hmm. leaving things for the kid as oh. signs of what it should do. Yeah, or like leaving notes or something like, and it could be like a little kid who's still in like they believe the Christmas magic and like just think it's some fun game that Santa is, is pulling or something. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. hear me out here. Um, what if this kid is a big fan of some superhero, like the, the number one fan, right? But his ability is that he can create or animate an action figure to his will. And this villain is basically manipulating him to create what is an incredibly powerful, uh, simulacrum or a golem, even if we wanted to go with like a Jewish holiday or something like that, that like mimics the original superhero to the point where, you know, like maybe it's you kind of blink or you you squint really hard and you're like, oh, that is like a life-size doll. But it's also one of the more popular heroes of the Golden Age, something like that. Could the villain be trying to turn the child into his um, simulacrum? So kind of like become Galactus and then eat all of the toys. <laughs> <laughs> Say more about that, Daniel. What do, what do you mean by that? Well, like, um, to so sidestep having to have another, like, vessel, I can see the villain trying to use the child as the vessel himself, like, to have mm-hmm. mobility in the world. And it's from the perspective of the heroes of the toys, that would be like Galactus showing up you know, mm-hmm. and destroying them all. So, so I'm, I'm, I guess we should clarify here where are the animated toys coming in? Cause I, I don't currently see where the animated toys are in that particular vision. Yeah, I don't know what's animating them yet. Um, right. That is that's that. I mean, if if the focus is going to be the animated toys, that's why I want to make sure we're clarifying that first. Well, yeah. the superheroes are the animated toys, the superhero toys. But I'm, I'm saying mm-hmm. I don't know what force is animating them yet. Yeah, mm. yeah. Like I was picturing it just as like a Toy Story kind of stuff. Where they just happen to be animated in their okay. kind of world. Okay. The, now the alternative to that is. Maybe there is something that is cursed superheroes to take on the form in size of like toys in some oh, way. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. And and what you could do with that as well, it's like it's not even that they necessarily have to be um like action figures. They could be 
other really basic toys. And the survival aspect is we have to get back to our bodies and switch back while I'm also like a Jack in the box or while I'm also a, a teddy bear. And then you have like fun kind of like interactions regarding that. And, you know, like I, th I think that might be an interesting kind of scenario that you can create. And then that way, the animated objects, the toys themselves can also be like the villains, right? Like if you're just animating basic objects, it's not that scary when you're like a full grown ass adult. But when you're also a toy, yeah, now it's like a throwdown. Now it's like, oh, damn. And, and so when you say Galactus, Daniel, that I'm now seeing what you mean by like the, the kid comes in. And yeah, that's basically Galactus now. Here you're seeing the the superheroes being shrunk down and they're not actually toys. It's the other objects that they're dealing with that are toys. I'm saying why not both? Like why not have it so like the consciousness of the superheroes was transported into some normal mundane toys. And then in order for them to get back to their, you know, superhero bodies, they have to fight through, you know, a rogues gallery of well-known toys as well. Plus, that kind of evokes the spirit of like the Golden Age stuff where it's like kind of goofy and kind of fun as well, you know? Well, could we say, because I don't want to lose sight of the action figures. I think that's what Courtney said originally, right? Yeah. Could we say that these superheroes exist in the real world and they're well known and they're on TV and everything, right? And some villain has used a device perhaps that then entraps them into their toy bodies so like the yeah. action figures that the kids have of the mm -hmm. heroes because they're so popular so now the superheroes are trapped in these toy bodies and like you're saying mm -hmm. they have to confront this miniaturized world and perhaps this whatever was tool was used also shrunk the villain so he's also a toy mm -hmm. and now it's like a, a a struggle amongst these toy superheroes to break free and, mm -hmm. and then you know we can have the kid as sort of like a destructive galactus force that will grab them and control them randomly yeah. you yeah. know and they don't even know what's happening with that yeah. but they know but yeah yeah i like that idea um because it still retains their superhero-ness even when they're shrunk down and mm -hmm. you could still have it be like this kid is like a huge fan of these heroes and like could have been something where their parent works at the supervillains uh factory and just saw mm -hmm. these things in a box and was like oh i'll take these home to my kid or or something like that so sure. like you have that yeah. connection there and you have all those like common household things and hazards for them mm -hmm. to contend with um but they're still like recognizable as mm -hmm. superheroes oh yeah yeah I, I mean what what we can also consider as well is the showdown is getting to whatever the in-universe equivalent of an FAO Schwartz is, you know, and, <laughs> and there's like you have the storefront where it's like massive and like full of toys. And then maybe we can also cut to like a, a toy factory if we wanted to like go from like storefront to factory, because, you know, in our in fake worlds that can happen. You can have that work. Right. But I think <laughs> that'd be kind of an interesting, fun thing to do as well, uh, especially when like what happens like with the particular villain that we're working with here is he has the advantage. Cause maybe it's like, he is a toy maker. He is capable of animating toys. Yeah. Anyway, you know, I was going to say like, maybe he is the toy maker. That's yeah. his like villain alter ego, whatever. Oh like, yeah. And there's been a couple of those throughout history. So that, was, yeah. 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 And like, uh, he had this nefarious plan to use a shrink ray to defeat his nemesis mm. like once and for all. And instead wasn't able to succeed in his plan or, like Daniel said, got shrunk down himself and mm -hmm. in an accident. So is the shrink ray then the weapon that is the focus yeah. of this particular situation? Yeah. And they need to like get to it to reverse it to 
to get back into their actual bodies. Oh, so they were shrunk down and they were mistaken for toys, but the toy maker is actually capable of animating toys. So there's no, so they're not actually action figures at all. They're just shrunk down to that particular well, size, right? It could be either way. Yeah, I think they should be put in toy bodies because it will yeah. it will complicate their abilities. Like if you're super strong right. and you're just tiny, you're still super strong. But if you're in a toy body, now maybe your powers are slightly different because you're in a toy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And it, yeah, it could have been like a shrink slash transfer gray. Right. Mm -hmm. Like thing. it went dramatically wrong, whatever happened yeah. with that weapon. Yeah. Right. Well, that's that's why I was kind of advocating for something that's not just uh, an action figure, because then you can have like that comical aspect of trying to manifest super strength in like a soft like Andy doll, you know, like as like a felt puppet like trying to be super strong and be like, well, what the hell am I supposed to do? Oh, you mean that the toy bodies they're in can vary, right? Right. Yeah, it would be kind of cool. Maybe there's different, like, they meet this kid, like you said, I think you said, like, is a huge collector or huge fan of these superheroes. And he has all kinds of action figure mm -hmm. versions of them. Some of them are stuffed. Some of them are plastic. Some of them yeah. are like yes. resin yeah. figurines. And Funko so, Pops. Yeah, some are Funko Pops. Yeah, and so they've been distributed. Their souls have been distributed across these toys. So their powers right. sort of work, but it's different because their bodies are different. Exactly. Yeah. And, exactly. and they're still recognizable as yes. the superhero they are. They're just in like these different forms. Yeah. Some are like bigger okay. than others yeah. because yeah. you got the full-size figure, like you said, versus the tiny, like plastic, tiny McDonald's. Okay, version. yeah, that's I'm on board with that. I'm absolutely <laughs> on board with that. Yeah, that's super fun because, okay, okay, okay. Hear me out. What about this? What if this whole incident sparked because the kid was fighting over the toy maker about a limited edition like run <laughs> of superhero? And so like this whole situation starts with them like kind of like fighting over a particular doll and then he pulls out the fucking freeze ray <laughs> at, like or, or something like that. And it's like a completely inadvertent, you know, like problem that happens or something like I that. Mean, I don't know. You could insert a yeah. tertiary character to make this work. So like um, if you have the heroes and you have a villain, right? Who's like their generic super villain that's in their in their world. Maybe you have someone who is called the toy maker, but he's not um, a villain or a superhero. He's like, you know, the scientist or this inventor that is known by the superheroes for making cool stuff. Mm -hmm. And the super villain wanted to steal some device he was making and use it for reasons that are not what it's intended. And in the struggle, that's what creates them being shrunk. So the, and the, maybe the toy maker is the father of this kid, right? He or the 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 parent of this kid, and so now that's why they're in this house in particular now, and they could be trying to get to the device within um, this this guy's house or this maybe it's a mother, like so that the villain knows he needs to get back to that device, but it, it, you know he, he fucked it up by using it wrong. <laughs> okay, okay, I I see, I see what you mean. What I mean. Yeah, I'm I'm seeing because one of the things that I like about the the setup, and, and I think there's a way we can make it work, mm -hmm. is I like the reveal that the villain is also a big fan and secret collector of the action figures of the heroes mm -hmm. that he fights against. Like I think that's Oh like, yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, that, that's why I like part of that is because it's like that's a cute thing that we can do. And now you've got the villain and the superheroes are fighting amongst each other as toys, but they also kind of have to work together if they want to get back in their bodies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But what we can do with that is the inciting incident could just be like, yeah, they're fighting over this toy. And then he like goes berserk and like starts attacking that area, which, yeah, then we can bring in like the scientist dad and that's how it mm -hmm. inadvertently happens and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, like to have the weapon kind of be a neutral device. That yeah. Was, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, 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 yeah. 
And then this way, what, what, that now survival is really interesting because it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm down. I'm down for this entirely, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think that what we should do, because we've created a great scenario, what are some hazards or what are some particular toys that you'd like to see as villains or as, you know, like goons or just threats as, a, as an action figure sized monster or a hero, I suppose? Um, let's see, creepy clown toy is, is up there for sure. Yeah, you got like do, a yep. creepy doll setup. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I'm also a big personal fan of symbol monkey, like the one, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like you kind of have to have a symbol monkey because you know, like, why not? You know, what's the movie? Was it War Games? Um, that has a, no, is it Toys? Small or soldiers. Toys? No, it's the one with Robin Williams. Oh, oh toys, toys yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, that one yeah, has yeah. a massive battle at the end with all these old classic um, toys, yeah. modern toys. Yeah. Daniel, did you know that that was one of the first times we hung out is watching that movie at your <laughs> Really? Movie? Yeah. yeah. Movie too. It's so weird. I love it. It is. It's so yeah. bizarre. Yeah. I don't know if I've seen that one. But we should do that one as a movie night. It's really yeah. good. It's it's weird, but it's fun. Yeah. So so about that though, like what toys do you even remember from because I remember the whole deal was like like the whole deal in toys is like the military wants to make like video games Mm -hmm. and turn children into soldiers, which you know, like (laughs) and they make these modern toys that nobody like that that they like, and then there's the classic toys that are kind of left behind. Yeah. Right. And I'm trying to we can have a a floating road controlled helicopter. That way you can have like a tiny action scene. Uh, or like drones or something. Yeah, or drone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Guys, we're also missing out on like toy trains and stuff like that. Like you can mm-hmm. have another yeah. action scene where it's like, <laughs> how do we get? How do we get like fifteen feet across the room? Well, we've got to take the toy train, and then it's like, yeah. you know, one of those fun action scenes on that on the back of a train. Like, yeah, well, that was trying too. to run over one of the other toys with a train. You know, mm-hmm. and they tied them to the tracks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I love the idea of like whatever the equivalent of like a Skeletor, like evil castle yes. playset, mm-hmm. or in my, okay. In my childhood, the toy that I always loved as like the big Uber playset was the teenage mutant Ninja turtles, the terror dome, the thing that had like the giant eyeball that Krang lived in and stuff like that. That was my favorite evil, like d- fortress toy that I had as a kid. Those were, those were the best. Could also do something with like a puzzle based around building out of Legos or knockoff generic Legos. Mm. I suppose with Legos, you could really create like whatever monster you really wanted, you know, it plus yeah. that would also showcase the, um, the toy makers kind of creativity and power. Like, mm-hmm. you know, in like the real world, he's basically a D list villain, but when they're all the same size and he is in his element of I'm in a realm of toys then all of a sudden he's like, oh, he's a threat. Like he's able to make like connects dragons mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You know, uh, I, I think that'd be kind of a fun way to approach it as well. You know? Yeah. Agreed. All right. All right. I'm happy with where we are right now. I feel like it's time that we can move on from this very fun and silly adventure to move on to something else. How about you? Yeah, I think so. I, you know, other thing I would say too, is like, you know, I imagine whenever the, tool was disrupted originally i'm guessing it like blanketed the whole house with this stuff mm-hmm. and shrunk all the or if it's like maybe it's like the warehouse under their house or something that has little toys sure you know and so if, mm-hmm. it, if the beam affected everything in the area they're like they have to make their way out of the warehouse through the bedroom 
to mm-hmm. the office where the the dad has the tool to reuse it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I imagine that maybe it got broken during the the fight yeah. or something. Yeah. I got to repair it too. Uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that way it's not just a straight line to the thing. It's like, yeah. oh, well, I can they do would that. get the equipment from his lab, you know, exactly. and then bring yeah. it upstairs and avoid the kid who is a, a, a menace, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's exactly. literal Galactus. He pulls yeah. them apart. He'll like, bite them. He tries them just like the kid from the the cartoon. He melts them all kinds of stuff. Yeah, see, yeah. from Toy Story. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, cool. I'm I'm happy with that. So, uh, you th- have a little fun scenario in that regard. Let's find out what our next winter monster, holiday monster, is going to be, and we're going to be rolling with. We've got elves. So, caveat: when we're talking about elves, we're talking about santa's elves or potentially like the really dark and creepy version of elves where they're like children stealers and they're like they represent like the winter and cold and death so elves is really kind of a broad topic that i think the genre and theme are going to inform what kind of elves we're dealing with here speaking of our genre this time is going to be See, and this is what I mean, because we just rolled dark fantasy as our <laughs> as our uh, genre that we're working with. And the theme this time is going to be. Fury. Sure. Absolutely. And then the focus of this monster mash is going to be. Something brand new. Courtney, you started us off last time. So, Daniel, we've got elves in a dark fantasy with fury as a theme, followed by something brand new. What do you got for us, Daniel? For some reason, I'm thinking of um, some wintry environment that is in some kind of depressed Victorian place world um, where there's a working class of little gnomish people. And they are, they like are subject to some horrible working conditions and there's a child involved and perhaps some sort of possibility of revolt that will get very bloody. Is this um, evil Willy Wonka? Yes. (laughs) Yes. I'm thinking, okay. And the child, maybe the child's in favor of things, but the Willy Wonka character is obviously evil. So it's an inverted, well, I guess it's not quite inverted. It's a a darker (laughs) Willy Wonka situation. Yes. I like that. Hmm. Interesting. Like it could also still be like a Santa type thing. Like he's subjugated. He's like a Santa. Yeah, he's kind yeah, of like subjugated the these gnomes or elves to do his bidding. Right. Right. So, what's the something brand new that we're working with? Is that like a regime change that's going on, or and and that's where like the fury comes from from these elves, or what are we working with here? I mean, I think the fury comes from their being subjugated, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's some furious response. There's nothing new, I think, is the possibility of freedom. But how that's executed probably is through an unpleasant methodology. It could be something new. could be like the, the toys that they're creating. Or maybe it's a new kind of toy or candy mm. or depending on which uh, sort of mad creator figure we're going with here. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm just thinking like we've got dark fantasy here 
How can we steep this even further into the darkness? Because, and frankly, Courtney, I'm surprised you didn't jump right on this. I'm, I'm frankly shocked. But like, we we've got dark fantasy with elves and shit like that. Like, what can we? Because, because the elves of dark fantasy are like embodiments of ice and death. And mm-hmm. oh, maybe that's where the fury comes from. Maybe the elves are still the bad guys because there is like a subjugation. It's like it's it's this kind of like deliberate needling. That is like, oh, there is this dark god named Santa Claus who has subjugated the most evil of elves and as like a fun little as a jape. He's like, during this time of year, you are going to make toys for children. And it's like a complete subversion of what they normally act like. And that's where the simmering fury comes from. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the brand new is something that's like, yeah, that's a new fermented rebellion or something like that. I mean, I, I like the idea. So that's the reason why I chose like a, a depressed Victorian kind of society because you can have a very industrialized maybe mm-hmm. in the context of this place. Um, and if this Willy Wonka figure is very bad, I could see the gnomes or the, the elves being um, their methods for, for dealing with the situation go beyond what would be okay to secure their freedom. Mm-hmm. Like they really want to do something grotesque as a response Oh, like uh, kidnapping the kids who come on a tour of the factory or something. Yeah, like something really bad. Like they yeah. are going to go overboard with their response, yeah. you know, and to tie it into some possible cultish activity, like maybe they see they worship some ancient Klaus character who used to own this factory in the past. Mm-hmm. And to them, he's like this divine being and they're guiding light in their dark practice mm-hmm. of rising up, you mm-hmm. know, and Wonka is sitting on the laurels of that old that old technology. You sure. Know? Yeah, yeah. So they need like a dark taskmaster, and yes. this longer figure is just too nice for them. Because you know what he's he doesn't doing? deserve it. You know, you know, you know what he's doing? You know what he's doing? He's not honoring the old traditions, he's not yes. honoring the old ways of marking off naughty and nice. He believes right. that everyone mm-hmm. is nice, everyone is deserving. Yeah. And th- this is like so against the tradition. Well, I want, I want him to be kind of grody too, but I think maybe he's not doing, he's not taking it to the oh, nth degree. Oh. He's too weak, okay. you know what I mean? Okay. Like maybe he's your classic Ebenezer Screws capitalist type, like as a boy maker, I was going to say, you know? yeah, no, I'm right there with you because maybe he's just taking bribes. So like all the bad kids, you can bribe him and get money, but that still like flies in the tradition of the old ways where like to the elves, there is genuine karmic retribution with this process, but to your Willy Wonka. Yeah. He's just a capitalist. Like, yeah, you can, you can buy your way off the naughty list, man. Go ahead. Give me the money. And he's like, that makes him grimy in that regard. Right. Yeah, that's what that okay, that's fun. I like that. We can we can work with that. Mm-hmm. So the conflict then is what? Like there's a takeover at the factory, like the old ways have been disregarded for too long. Like what's going on here? I do like the concept of like a Willy Wonka-esque tour of the factory. Yeah. For yeah. like kids who have probably in most cases bribed uh the Scrooge type figure. And oh, um yeah. or maybe it's like the the children of you know his top shareholders or something like that top investors um and the elves see this and are like okay this is like the final straw we can't let this continue so they like go in and like start developing these christmasy or wintery holiday oriented things to like off the kids or put them in terrible situations Mm -hmm. and like something really like grotesque 
right? Like a Tim Burton esque kind of like nightmare factory that happens. Mm-hmm. I love the idea that the inciting incident is like them coming to tour the factory because I, I got really struck with this idea that the elves would be able to look at children and they would be able to weigh their like sin or like their uh, good yeah. or evil against them. And I love that, that that's what sets them up. They're like, Willy Wonka has been lying to them the entire time. And then when the kids come for the tour, they see that they've been lied to and betrayed. And then that's what's like, you know what? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Let's make a horrible nightmare factory. And we're going to like stuff you full of like Christmas. Like they're going to basically try and create foie gras, but with children who are <laughs> on the naughty list. Yeah. yeah. Among other things, right? Like that's just one thing that kind of came to mind. Yeah. It could be like a Saw-esque uh, series of like over the top yeah. ridiculous yeah. traps and, and punishments and stuff. Yes, absolutely. Because you have to have the ironic punishments, right? Like that's mm-hmm. the whole point of the Willy Wonka, which, okay, I'm looking at this and I'm like, this works surprisingly well. Like it blends very well together, all things considered. So where do our, I'm assuming that we have an intrepid adventurer coming in here, right? Or how do we want to approach it? Because I feel like that's all the setup to a scenario that we're working towards. Yeah. I mean, like the, I guess, obvious thing would be just taking directly from Willy Wonka and having one of the kids is like a good kid and got there based on a contest or mm-hmm. won some sort of competition or is just there as like a photo op kind of thing. Like, so the Scrooge Wonka figure can be like, look what I'm doing for the community by letting this poor kid tour the factory too. But I do wonder if there's something else that we could do, like somebody else involved in the factory, like a a janitor or like a a health inspector who comes in or something. Mm. I think having someone close to Wonka being a weak link would be helpful. That's why I suggested Mm. like the little girl or a, um, like a child of his. Yeah. Who's sympathetic to them because they're manipulating her. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, what we could also do is like, maybe it's a matter of, oh, well, we haven't heard from the Wonka factory in a while. Or, or maybe it's even more recent than that. So you can kind of catch some of the bloodbath as it's happening, where it's like, oh, the flare went up or like a signal went out for help. You know, like there was a half written telegram or something like that. And then. You know, like you're there to investigate things and then you enter this nightmare scape, right? And then, yeah, you could also have like the kind of girl being there manipulating things as well. Uh, maybe the Willy Wonka figure is dead. Maybe that was the first one to, or, or, you know, like maybe that was the first person gone, you know, something like that. Um, yeah, there's a number of ways that we can do this for sure. I'm picturing kind of a grotesque scene of like, whoever it is comes across a room where the girl is having like a tea party with the elves, but it's like a really fucked up version of a tea party and Mm -hmm, there's like mm -hmm. blood. And I feel like that's the end game, you know, like that's, that's Mm -hmm. like the final scene that you like, I was expecting a fucked up tea party. Like this is the tamer thing that we've seen, but it's like what's unsettling about it is how serene it is and how, how quiet Mm -hmm. that is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. Okay. Um, we got it. The, the something new is the girl then taking over, right, Daniel? Yeah, I think they're the, my feeling was the emphasis or the possibility of revolt, uh, is the something new. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. 
And the fury, yeah, I think the fury of the the old ways being neglected is important. Yeah, mm. all right. So so I suppose we just need to come up with one fun death trap and then I'd be satisfied besides like fucked up tea party and, mm. you know, being force fed like figgy puddings until you explode like that kind of thing, you mm. know. Also, we're imagining these elves using um, like candy canes as ice picks, right? Like that's not just me. Or is so that, that, could just be a, me? that could be a lobotomy there. Oh, oh my God, a candy cane lobotomy. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> I see some of the aesthetic of a Batman returns in it. Yeah. 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 Mm. For sure. A big yellow ducky, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The penguin. I could see these course, gnomes. Yeah. I, I still see them as like vicious gnomes, like kind of yeah. like they all look like variations of the penguins, like cronies, mm. you know, <laughs> and mm. the penguin himself. Yeah. Because he was kind of icy too. Yeah, when we say elves, right, like we're talking about Santa's elves, which you're right, Daniel, they're basically gnomes, right? Like that's pretty much what gnomes mm-hmm. are in my brain too, so. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, oh man. Okay, hold on. Can we then say that like it was, it was maybe it was Wonka who was lobotomized and that's why like the factory <laughs> like control is as it is? Like, or should we just stop and move on to the next one? Because I feel like that's, we're, it's real dark. It's very, very dark it's, at this point. It's pretty point. dark. <laughs> could, have been, could have been the girl who lobotomized him like the gnomes talked her into doing it or oh something. i like that maybe she's yeah. now the wonka and people don't know yeah yeah that's what i was thinking yeah exactly yeah she's oh, stitched him up like a toy or something and people think she presents him at board meetings and stuff but he really yeah. yeah oh no hence yeah, yeah. the lobotomy oh, it's, yeah it's actually like three gnomes controlling his body yes she uh, goes there with him, like, and yeah. and she doesn't say anything, and the gnomes are like piloting him. Yeah, it could also be very if you have the aesthetic of Batman Returns. I could also see um, what was the movie that John had us watch? It's a classic. Oh, um, I know what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, it's um very weird. It's a Terry Gilliam movie. Yeah, is it Terry Gilliam? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about the Dark Crystal? No, um, no, different one. No. Uh, it's that they're they're traveling time through bandits. Time, time bandits. Yeah, yeah, I could see oh, kind of the yeah. dark trappings of time. I mean, that one's more funny, but I can see like the uh, the griminess of time bandits as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we've gone through animated toys. We've gone through incredibly dark elves. We've got one left, and this time we're going to be rolling with. Well. What's a nice holiday monster without some reindeer? Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> so we've got some reindeer. I'm very interested to see how we uh, how we mess with this in particular. There's all sorts of interesting directions that we can take it. And the genre that we're going to be rolling with is. Oh, thank God. I thought I rolled paranormal romance, but it's actually just space opera. So so we've got space opera, which honestly is. I'm much happier with than a paranormal romance with reindeer because I feel like that happened when we had Ian on for the uh oh, the Kelpie the Kelpie thing. one. Yeah, yeah. Which, I'm glad that we're not doing that again because we we wouldn't be able to beat the allegations, is all I'm gonna <laughs> say. All right, so uh our theme is going to be curses. All right, and our focus is going to be. The downfall of something important. So we've got 
a space opera with a theme of curses with the focus on the downfall of something important. And we're working with a reindeer. So Courtney, what have you got for us? What are we thinking here in terms of a monstrous wintry curse filled reindeer space opera <laughs> in a space opera, in right? In a space opera. Um, like, yeah, this is tricky because there's a lot going on already. Yeah. Is it, is it actual like space reindeer? Is it ships that are shaped like reindeer? Um, is it like, is it actually Santa's reindeer that have been there? They're able to travel in space. That's where his sled goes or sleigh. That's where he like travels around the globe. Um, and how did the curses come into play? Right. Like, because yeah. uh, I don't know why, but my brain is saying like the curse is that you get transformed into a reindeer or something like that. And I, I don't think mm-hmm. that's a good way to go about it, but I'm just like, I, I don't know. This is, these parts feel so disparate to me. I'm, I'm right there with you, Courtney. The, the reindeer have been cursed to feed up on human flesh. God damn it, Courtney. No, it's a space <laughs> opera. We've got to well, involve space shit. It's not, and don't say space flesh, okay? That doesn't count. No, but they're in space. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could make the reindeer aliens. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Sure. I mean, what, 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 are, what are reindeer anyway? Like in terms of, I mean, I know what they are as animals, but what are they... Um, Metaphorically speaking, like what purpose do they serve in holiday stories? In holiday stories, they're there as, you know, like the the literal vehicles for Santa's arrival. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they're in a way heralds and transporters yes, of a great exactly. god of gifts, right? <laughs> yeah. So if that's the case, um, and we want to go with flesh-eating reindeers, it sounds very much like you're setting up something like a Prometheus alien adjacent setup, like because mm-hmm. The aliens, in at least from the perspective of the Prometheus movie, they're almost like vessels or messengers for transformation that have gone horribly wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, now I'm thinking of like imagine a reindeer, but Giger got to it. Like that's where my brain is going mm-hmm. with that. No, there's also the element of like um, in the Rudolph story how he's been like shunned by the other reindeer mm. and only later that they come to accept him so i wonder if there's like some element there of maybe there's like a good reindeer versus the the squad of like evil alien reindeer courtney Uh holy shit is that the curse that we're talking about he's been cursed with a red nose of some kind (laughs) yeah yeah i mean it doesn't have to be a red nose exactly but like that is the like it's the delineating factor is like this reindeer is a hero because he's been cursed with something and that curse just so happens to be the thing that makes him that hero you know that kind of thing yeah i mean there could be two kinds of reindeer right there yeah the ones that are corrupt like that are root off but the ones that aren't Mm -hmm. okay hear me out uh maybe maybe we're talking about a reindeer alien hive mind and the curse of the Rudolph character is autonomy. Like, because mm-hmm. then then he would be literally rejected from the reindeer games, right? And this curse is the thing that's like, oh, I'm cursed with like being away from the hive mind. And so maybe there's this thing where you're trying to help this reindeer get back, or maybe you're trying to save something about that, right? 
And and then at the end, the twist is that Rudolph proves his worth and gets back with the hive mind in some way. Yeah, he's been like booted or disconnected from this thing. Maybe it maybe it is like a these alien reindeer are serving underneath this uh space Santa figure and like helping him travel around. And mm-hmm. of course they're traveling like ultra fast speeds. So Rudolph gets ditched and has to like rely on the help of some sort of other crew to like get back to his mm-hmm. group and like prove himself, like you were saying. Uh, and I love, okay. I love the idea that being connected to the hive mind, like totally warps your physiology to the point where you're like grotesque and hairless and like kind of gray. <laughs> right. And then, but like Rudolph just looks so dang cute. Like he looks like a regular reindeer. And again, I, I think we've got to bring in a little bit more of the, uh, space opera part but i think that we're really close i think that this is really interesting so far um oh you know i mean we're kind of there already like if we treat the reindeer kind of like tyranids in warhammer 40k like that kind of works for me as well i think um what do you what do you guys think what i'm i'm my brain is going crazy right now yeah i was thinking like the speed at which santa and his like space reindeer hive mind just traveling is like ftl faster than light or something mm-hmm. and like that's related to why rudolph gets ditched well okay if, if we go to daniel's point about the reindeer being heralds does mm-hmm. this suggest that like maybe maybe rudolph is trying to like warn people about santa's coming you know like santa's almost here you know like because the reindeer are what comes mm-hmm. first and they're they're kind of like the horsemen of the apocalypse, except <laughs> and, and if we bring it all the way back from the first kind of thing, maybe it's like they're the heralds of Galactus in some way. <laughs> and we could we could either go horrible hive mind like Giger looking monsters, or you mm-hmm. can just have them be like super chromed out, like looking like cosmic heralds. But I, I'm cool with either one. I'm I'm just curious to see what we can kind of do with this, you know what I mean? Well, can we take a step back and assess where we are with all the elements? Yeah, that's a good idea. So, so far we've got a grotesque reindeer, grotesque in some way. We've Mm -hmm. got them acting as heralds for the coming of Santa, Mm -hmm. maybe, uh, in some way. And then we've got our curse, which is the reindeer known as Rudolph, who who is... um, who is cursed in some way to like be apart from the hive mind. So I think what we're missing is the downfall of something important. Mm-hmm. So he's been separated from his hive mind of reindeer. Right. I exactly. wonder um, if the other reindeer, I'm thinking like, imagine these like angelic looking crystalline reindeer that are like solidly white and beautiful. Right. And that's what uh-huh. they're supposed to be like, but in se- being separated from the hive mind, he's become grotesque and corrupted and fleshy mm. um, and needs flesh to exist. Like perhaps their, their natural form is like energy and they don't mm. need the bodies of the, of the world. And they, because they're close to Santa who is like God, but to be among the material worlds in space, you know, they have to mm. feast on flesh to continue mm. to have form or something. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what caused mm. that separation, but um, uh, perhaps the idea of heralding um, isn't what people think. Like, mm. or Rudolph is lying to us in some way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I like the idea of like looking at the reindeer as like pure white, like porcelain creatures in some way. You know, like that's interesting to me. But but where does the downfall of something important come? I feel like that if we figure that out, then we've got the rest of the story. There's the maybe there's a natural order to the gift giving in this universe um, that when these angelic reindeer come into the world, heralded by Santa, they do something, right? Maybe they give life to worlds. They do something to the planet. Mm-hmm. Mother. Um, mm-hmm. And this shattering of Rudolph off and this infection that's been created by him is going to lead to the downfall of this process and change the universe. I don't know in what way. Okay. Uh, yeah. I love that idea. I have a weird kind of reversal maybe. So Maybe what these reindeer, because because I like the idea that the reindeer are there to do to like usher in the the something new, right? And so it's benevolent, it's beneficent in some way. What if these reindeer are there to usher in the next species into ascension, so they become more cosmically attuned, kind of like in Childhood's End, right? Where like humans are ready to move on to the next stage of next form of evolution, which is cosmic energy. Right. So maybe the downfall is the downfall of like a fairly well-established galactic empire. And what's happening is that these reindeers are here to usher them into the next like stage of existence, which yeah. is cosmic energy. But what that does is create a downfall of that empire in the corporeal world because they're like, Oh shit, we didn't know we were ascending. We're in the middle of a war right now, but okay. Yeah, we can do that. You know, like that kind of thing. So there, it's like a method of ascendancy, right? Yeah, exactly. So if, if if Rudolph's corruption then would stop that ascendancy and he's also eating flesh, what does that mean? (laughs) Well, I think that Rudolph is trying to stop the ascendancy perhaps because he doesn't know what he's doing. Like he sees the downfall of this particular thing as like a bad thing. Like, oh, we don't want this mortal life to stop existing because maybe he's working on like imperfect information. Is he absorbing them all, making a big bloated kind of uh, Mm – but reindeers are – their way of preservation is to consume the flesh and keep it in the material world. But unfortunately, that involves consuming them, (laughs) consuming things. Mm. Oh, and like maybe, maybe because Rudolph is like cursed or like is not mm-hmm. of the hive mind that rather than like, because maybe with the reindeer virus, right? Right. Well, I was thinking that if they're moving at FTL, like Courtney suggesting that mm-hmm. they're able to gather spiritual and like energy essences at like faster than light speed, but Rudolph is slow and he's only able to consume the fleshy parts rather than the actual like cosmic energy that they're about to transform into. So yeah, he is like a horrible, like, ball of fur flesh like antlers and like there's a red glowing thing somewhere in there right <laughs> i'm definitely getting prometheus vibes yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> it's it's pretty i'm also getting the thing vibes yeah it's horrible. yeah 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 or maybe it's just the fact that he's like constantly eating flesh that he's covered in blood and that's where the uh the red glow comes from like oh, instead of glowing yeah. like this beautiful like star light kind of thing the the blood makes him glow red. And what I would like to point out is as grotesque as all of this is, right? At the end, the empire is still ascending to a higher level of cosmic existence. So just want to toss that out there that you just, you know, it's it, it's horrifying, but also good things are coming towards the end of this as the downfall happens. Yeah. So just, just want to go out on a slightly nicer note than gore 
Rudolph, you know? Yeah, no. <laughs> I really like um, the xenomorph reindeer. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think what we're kind of hinting at is just the existence of biblically accurate reindeer. And I'm totally. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. I'm 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 happy with where we're at with all these. These men, these are wild rides when we have hyper specific themes in mind. Mm-hmm. So that's been that's honestly, it's been kind of fun. I'm not going to lie. This has been this is pretty damn fun for me. And. What a great way to kick off the month of December as we enter the winter times, as we enter into the full swing of holiday season. Uh, That's going to be it for this episode of World Build With Us. Remember that if you want us to build your world, you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com, where you can click the link, follow some instructions, and within a reasonable amount of time, we'll be building your world. If you want to follow us on social media, we're over on YouTube where you can subscribe to us and do all sorts of other stuff. You can also follow us on Twitter at Let's World Build. We've also got a Discord where you can come and talk to us about biblically accurate reindeer or uh, what's wrong with Courtney's bloodlust this year or anything, really. <laughs> you know, it's it's up to you. Uh, of course, if you're feeling particularly generous, you can always go to our Patreon where you can Give us money, and in return, you get sweet, sweet patron-only goodies. And just go ahead and, as I say, thank you. It's it's up to you. Not a big deal. And with all of that out of the way, hey, guess what? That's going to do it for this episode of World Build With Us. Remember that we love you very much, and we're going to get through this together. Until next week. Bye.